nice things. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another fun-packed, thrill-filled edition of Nice Things. Nice Things. The antidote to modern living, and joining me, Sir Michael Livesley, this week we have... My name's Paul Carmichael, and this morning I was awoken by the most annoying thing. Do you ever get the thing when your own brain is already doing things when you wake up? You know, oh, we're doing that today, are we? Do you ever get that? Yes. Yeah. Where it, yes. it's already it's already focused on something, and you think, oh, I didn't want to think well, about that. Well, it kind that. of it, it drags you out of bed. Well, it, it does, and I don't mind it if it's for something nice, but sometimes it's not. And this mm. morning, it decided to do it with the music to the Gino Janelli advert. Wow, which I haven't heard in a very long time. Um, and I said, oh, why is it doing that to me? So I listened to it just before talking to you, and I realised I hate it. Oh, yes. It's a real passion. I think it's that faux passion that the bloke puts on at the end when he does the Gino, oh, Gino, Gino. It's No. No. It no. angered me in 1994, and it still angers me now, quite frankly. Crap ice cream as well. One of those things Never ate it, uh... wouldn't eat it, wouldn't touch it. The advert offended me so much, it looked like it stank of... What was that red aftershave? Was it Old Spice? It wasn't Old Spice, no, was it? No, that wasn't red. There was a red one that was, was popular there? around the same time, and I remember it... Oh, stank of dysentery. But essentially, yeah, I listened to that this morning, and now I've, I've been in a fairly ro- ro- rocky mood ever since, yeah. I would say. The one uh, piece of music that returns to me again and again and again is uh, the Mr. Rossi cartoon theme, which involves ice creams as well. I don't know why, but there's some percussive element of stopping the tapping, the sink, or moving things, and it gives me, and there, and there, and there, and there, Mr. Rossi, what you want? Oh, yeah. Something fleet of ice cream cones. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So so ice cream related sort of uh, tunage plagues my life too. Oh. There's, there's a few things like that. There's a, um, a Super Furry Animals song that comes into my head when I flush the toilet because of the, the sort of cadence and the rhythm of the flush. Mm. Um, that one comes, um, which one is it now? Um, I can't remember. And I'll go and flush the toilet and I'll remember. Okay. It's one of those things, what Proust called, or Proust, depending which end of the baguette you're eating, um, called um, involuntary memory. So something something in your dreams, probably, probably it was one of those sort of uh, olive-skinned beauties that was in the Gino Ginelli adverts, uh, was what you were dreaming of. I dream of those often. I hate them, though. I hate everybody involved in it. I really, I have issues, I think, built up from the Gino Ginelli advert. Um, yes. It's all the white denim. I just think that's impractical. I don't see the point of it. Is that the aftershave? I don't think it's that. No, I think it's no. just the look of the time that they wanted to favour. But it does absolutely not. Oh, it's no, it's not. I can't pleasant. remember. You took white denim. Is that what it was? I thought it was uh, in in memory. In my memory, it was like that chino look that seemed all the rage. I place it more at the late eighties. Oh no, no, I checked nineteen ninety four. I had a look. Is it really. It's only 1994, and you would have thought that late 80s you could just about get away with it, but early 90s, things were better then. We don't need Gino. Well, no, it's that Gino's look, which Mm. I despise, absolutely, or common. Uh, That's horrific, but then you've got people in white denim trousers and denim jackets and sunglasses because apparently it's Italy. White denim trousers suggests confidence, though, doesn't it? No, it suggests you might have an accident. What well, do you do it then? suggests you're confident you won't have an accident. I've been confident about that all my life, but it only takes once. Well, I know, yeah. That's hence why we never wander into work, ever, in white denims. Exactly. Apart from the fact that we'd be strung up by luncheon. No, there will be that as well. Yes. But I suspect this is why... That I, I imagine it was Wall's ice cream, wasn't it, doing a massive misstep, was I think, it? on this. It was, yes. It was one of those things that ended up in the sort of the cheap freezer shop, Busy Bee, that my mum frequented, where she got me bags of misshapen pizzas for 50p. Um, and, and all sorts of things. You wouldn't understand these types of places. Mm. Um, and they'd do, like, Vianetta for a quid and right. Gino Ginelli for a quid because it hadn't sold in the big supermarkets. Well, there's a reason it hadn't sold, isn't there? Yes. The advert. That's right. That's why we ate Gino Ginelli ice cream. And it was shit. Oh, no. Awful, awful. Oh, and it's got that line in it. Tutti frutti, what a cutie. That makes me want to be quite violent. Does it really? Yes. There's just just no need for that sort of 
nice sort of rubbish. It's just awful. What's the point? I don't understand the point of that and making me... Why would that one make me want to eat ice cream? It doesn't. <coughs> it didn't no. then, it doesn't now. No. I just remember eating it because it was sort of, you know, mother would present a bowl of it on the Sunday and it was kind of like, you'd generally be really stoned, so you'd eat it. What was that who it was marketed at, really? Potheads. Yes. Well, if it was on at two in the morning, do you remember when we got all night telly in about 1989? Oh, yes. And originally it was like those 10 LP box sets right to Liverpool Dock X and get fucking whatever it was, 50s rock classics. Yeah. They very quickly sussed out the market and all the munch adverts started coming on for like Rustler's Burgers and there was a series called Get Stuffed, wasn't there, about eating? Oh, yes. That would make all the stone students at two in the morning do that sort of walk and shame down to the jet garage. Mm. Uh, to buy uh, a big bag full of grots. Um, so if Gino Ginelli were on at two in the morning, then I should imagine they, they sold quite a bit. I don't know. I've got them more as trying to appeal to the this morning audience. Yeah, they, I don't recall Gino Ginelli. They're, they're the only adverts I saw around about 1994, the ones after midnight. Yeah, the chat I wasn't lines getting up and... in the morning when I was a student. No, no. And local yeah. car dealerships. There were an awful lot of those being advertised at that hour. Yeah, I seem to remember that as well, with Twiggy on one. I remember watching one on Acid, and it was just like, she did this advert, she was like, Bouffants were never my thing. And we were all like, there was like snakes coming out of a her, you know, like the Hydra or something like that. It was good Acid. That's pretty good. I yeah, remember... it was. It was what? pretty good. Who's the name of the chap? He was in... He was in um... Coronation Street, and he used to play with his glasses like Eric Morgan. Was it Ken oh, something? Oh, God, Reg Oldsworth. Reg Oldsworth, no. Ken Morley. He Ken used to Morley, do an advert, yeah. didn't he, for Maincrest Car and Van Hire, 7333201, as I yeah. recall. Yeah, and then he got replaced by just some bloke who looked like he'd been dragged off the street. He looked like he was criminally insane. I don't believe he was an actor for a second. And they dressed him as some sort of fat genie and then made him walk around just pushing window frames over. I remember seeing that and being quite quite disturbed by that. Yeah, I don't remember that. I remember him on the safe style. Hey, I say, you buy one, you get one free. You buy I remember one, him you on get... that. Uh, yeah. Don't you remember him on that? Yeah, I remember him on that. Oh, dreadful. I Absolutely remember, awful. Um, what was his name? Des Barnes in Corrie? He was yes. like a Geordie fella. I remember him doing an Iceland advert pushing the trolley round, and he said, hey, I bet you're wondering why I'm in here. Yeah, it's for the money. You know, and sort of, oh, okay, that's quite deconstructing the TV honest. adverts. Yes, yes, that's honest. And then he went on to say, nah, I mean the value. And he'd pick up his Gino Ginelli for a quid and whatnot, you know. Ooh. Gino Ginelli, only a quid. That made it worse. That actually yes. makes it worse. Well, that's remarkable. He had a beautiful um, wife in there. I can't remember the actress. Steph Barnes. She was gorgeous. She was only in Curry for a bit. She went on to do Brass Eye and uh, stuff like that. Brilliant actress. Oh, um, dark hair. Bit of a Geordie accent. Mm. Uh, Gina McKee. No. No. I know who you mean. Right. Yeah, no, I can't remember her name. If you looked her up, you'd know precisely who she is. She's fantastic. Oh, okay. yeah, what colours really are her? Uh, brown. Okay, I will. I will endeavour to find out. Do you want me to look for you? I want you to look for me. Yes. Okay then. Mm. Steph Barnes Curry. Steph Barnes uh, Curry. Uh, Amelia Bulmore. Yes, I do know her. I yeah, know that name. Know oh yeah, from loads of the Coogan and Morris sort of That's things. That's right. Yeah. yeah, she ended yeah. up doing nice things after that. Yes. Instead of uh, mind you, you like Curry, don't you? Well, uh, no, yes, I did. not now. I don't like oh, it no. now. No one it likes just it now. Just churns the episodes out. Although mm. the new, um, the new Doctor Who girl is a Corrie person. Yeah, I saw that the other day. It's like, should we get someone like Rose Tyler or Jenna Coleman? It's like, yes, yes, both of them, both at of once. them in one in one person. Yeah, yeah. But I was most disturbed because guess when the girl was born. I don't want to hear this. 2004. That's ludicrous. It's ridiculous. Got t-shirts older than that. Yes. No. Pointless. Absolutely Abs not. No, no, no. Absolutely so not. So you should be happy because Twitter's uh, tr uh, Trump's back on Twitter. Aren't you going to well, troll him? Aren't you blocked by him? Imagine if he was asked enough to block you. I bet he has. I was blocked <laughs> by Trump. 
There you go. Yes. I thought you'd have bothered him that much. So I don't know. I've not checked yet because does that mean everyone's unblocked? Don't know. Oh. No, I don't know. I've set up a new um, Mastodon account. Mastodon. That's it. Um, I don't know. Mastodon. Yes. I don't know what the point is at all. Uh, uh, I think it's a badge. It proves that you are uh, you don't approve of Elon, which means you're completely and utterly sort of clothed in virtue. You're kind of like a Mother Teresa figure if you go to Mastodon, aren't you? Am I? I believe so, yeah. Well, okay. I, have you I, told the world you've gone to Mastodon? I might have announced it on Twitter. There you go. Then well, you are Mother Teresa. Well, no, but what's the point of actually doing it if I'm not going to tell anyone so nobody can think, well, th- that's who we avoid Well, simply there. because it should come from a point of your own principle. You know, you don't need to go around banging a big tambourine to tell the world. No, you don't need to, but if you want people to follow... If you then, want people to know your mother Teresa, you have then to you've got tell to them. tell them. Absolutely, yes, yes. yes, of course. It makes perfect sense. Absolutely. She didn't get to be Mother Teresa by being quiet and coy. No, not at all. Have you ever seen Christopher Hitchens' um, documentary on her? It's called Hell's Angel. Oh, ah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh I, I enjoyed that. I know, yeah, yeah. We were sort of sold a bit uh, a one-sided portrait. Should we be charitable and say just a little bit? So yes. you're on Mastodon now. You yes. and uh, you and Mother Teresa. Yes. And Princess Guy Obs. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. And I can do nothing with it. I don't know what it's for. I don't know. Apparently, it's very difficult. There's all servers and things. Well, there is. So I sort of, you know, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And somebody on Twitter said, just click this and join. Uh, Thank you. They made it nice and easy for me. Oh, okay. Which was good. I've not been on Twitter for a good while. I'm giving all social media a swerve because it's just, ugh. No, it's the thief of time. I've been reading books instead. Much better. No, no, Um, absolutely, yes. So Uh, uh, I remember the Mastodon thing mm. um, sort of being used as a sort of... You know, oh, I'm leaving Twitter in a bit. However, yeah. you know, first I'll tell you all I'm on Mastodon. Well, yes. Maybe it's a quiz game, you know what I mean, where you all compete to be the best sort of ma- mafia boss. That'd be good. There was one on ATV, wasn't there, called Master Spy? Maybe was it's a bit there? like, yes. There you go, maybe it is. Maybe that's why I've joined, because it sounds a bit like that. Maybe you'll put the lights on and you're in Harlick TV. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe. But yeah, I've been reading the KW diaries, so to shoe on this in. No, no, but no, no, no. It's, 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 it's uh, finished. Uh, oh God, I've been knackered all week. I could not, I could not put it down. It is, it is. It's one of the most compelling things I have ever read, and a completely unique book. But then I haven't read any sort of diaries books. There's lots of them out there, isn't there? Oh, there are, but that one. Well, you it's know all the people as well. Well, you don't know them. <laughs> no, but... You know, but when he's going to Gordon and Rona's for this, and, you know, you know Gordon Jackson, you know, and uh, you kind of... It's so... I don't know, because we know that he used to threaten people. You're going in the diary, you know, and he used to... So he must, when he was writing it, there must have been an element of knowing these would be read one day. There must have been that element. Oh, no, I think absolutely... Well, I don't know, I mean... Writers write to be read, but then Ooh. with the diary, wasn't that maybe just a way of him sort of venting? And God knows oh, he probably does needed he vent. it. Yeah. So I wonder if there was ever any intention that anyone would see it. Well, there's a there's an interview, isn't there? I can't think who it's with. I think it's either Wogan or Aspel or something, where they ask him about the diaries. Um, and he was saying would you ever publish them? And he's like, oh, no, 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 but maybe after my death. And he's like, well, what, that bother you? Oh, I shan't care. You know, I won't be here, um, sort of thing. So um, mm. it's it's interesting how the uh, author, well, the compiler of the book, um, Russell Davis, doesn't yeah. hold back. There's three mentions of him in there, one of which calls him a fat slob, you know. <laughs> um, and so he's, he's sort of even-handed enough to include them. And he does mention it in the introduction. Oh, right, okay. So while since I've read it, but I have are been cherry-picking. you on cherry Mastodon there, are you, dear? No, no, I was just looking for the thing that you sent me earlier, that lovely quote, actually. Um, there it is. So it's that one from 9th of July, when he's having a good old argument, a uh, good old complaint about uh, about capital punishment. Um, yes, he was yeah. very in favour of that. I, I'm, but I love the escalation. It's scandalous. The diligent citizen has to pay to keep the Moors murderer alive and this filthy Yorkshire ripper idiot. They should go the same way as terrorists and anarchists. These women who lie on the ground at Greenham Common should be shot too. It's a, 
I know, oh, yeah. That's a leap, Ken. That's, it's that's it's a great leap, isn't it? It's huge. His his sort of what would he make of just stop oil? <laughs> well, I'd be Public right behind execution. him. Public execution. I'd know. be right behind him on that one. Um, oh. He's he's. Um, the thing is, what you notice, his mm. sort of frustration and anger, it, it builds so beautifully, the book. You know, obviously, uh, you can't print every entry into it, and it just builds. In the last few years, including that one, you know, there are, it's a tough read. The boy did suffer. He the, did. It wasn't just his own health. It was his Mormon, you know. It, no, that's so, true. But it, It's a sad, it's a, it's a difficult, tough, but compulsive read. But then there's this... Interesting thing, isn't there, about... I mean, could he ever actually have been happy? It's like I was saying to you um, earlier in the week, um, one of my loveliest memories of Kenneth Williams is him turning up on Blue Peter, and they'd made... They were showing you how to make the figures as toys, these sort of soft toys, and you could make... I remember... um, Arthur was made of pom-poms, but before you cut them to make them open as balls, he was made of layers of of uncut pom-pom and stuff like this. And they made an evil Edna, who I, which I wanted. Um, I want I them tra- all now. Want them all right now. But then they brought Kenneth into the studio. Um, and he's there with Sarah Green, playing with these uh, characters and making the, no- uh, the voices and all that sort of thing. And he looks like he's having the time of his life. So naturally I go, what did he say about that? Dreadful. Oh, right. Okay. Hated every second of it. So like, oh, oh, you've got, you've gone, disappointing. You? Really, did you? What? You went then. You Did froze. I? Oh, I, I mean, your recording briefly. will. Uh, oh, well, that's all right. Then. Yeah, so it was just a shame that he, um, that that was it. It was sort of like dreadful time, awful. Didn't enjoy a minute of it. And when he's talking about Willow the Wisp, the actual cartoons, of course, hate them. Dreadful. Nick Spargo's ruined them. The timing's all over the place, and all this. He's not. He's not that damning. What it's gets me is damning. he says that the pace is all wrong. There are no jokes in it for the children, and all mm. this other stuff. So, so the thing is. <coughs> with him a couple of days apart he can love and hate someone yes which isn't too dissimilar to me and i suppose most people um so he's going on about nick spargo how inventive how wonderful he is yeah um, and then you know a couple of entries later it's just like oh this drear you know um and then he's back to oh it's wonderful it's 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 quite discombobulating mm. and he can do what gets me is how sure he is of his own opinion and mind he may have lacked confidence in his own um, well he doesn't that fluctuates as well as you know in his attractiveness oh god that yeah. fluctuates spun gold uh, yes uh, oh what a dish um, and he does make note of that he was looking at himself in the mirror and I thought oh what a dish mm. you know and then like the next day he's just like oh the lined face the baggy eyes mm. and all, all of this stuff um, but he was certainly sure of his own opinion and when you know, he was right. Sometimes he says, you know, oh, I apologise straight away. And yeah. then other times he just talks about leaving people in floods of tears and upset and, you know, then then get, get walked home. And he, not the slightest shred of remorse. Because mm. he, you can, he, he's, the only conclusion I can draw, rather, I can't say for definite. The only conclusion that one can draw is that he's sort of like, yes, I was right. You know. Yeah, I suppose so. And then with Gerald Thomas, there's some part he's been invited to on the 11th of September. He gets called up. Uh, this is 1980, I think it is. He gets called up to go on TVAM with Gerald to talk about the new Carry On film or something. And he's not even been asked. Gerald's not told him or anything, you know. So he's like, the invite for the party's going straight in the WPB. You know, the waste <laughs> paper basket. And then you go forward, you go through the months, and this, that, 11th of September, great party at Jerry's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's just... He was a man of he's he was an enigma, wasn't he? Mm. He was. I mean, here we are talking about him. What nineteen eighty eight? He died. So I'll be talking thirty four years ago, yes. and he's still. I've just ordered another book, uh, another two books actually. I've ordered the letters, and uh, I think there's one called Born Brilliant by Christopher Stevens. Yes, there is. I haven't got Born Brilliant. I have got the no, letters. Um, the letters are great. What you what you'll probably want to do though, I would suggest, is go back with the diary and read the entries of the diary around the time the letters were oh, written. Oh, absolutely. Now that's yeah, yeah. that's fascinating. And get then, the Joe Orton diaries as well. Oh, absolutely, to yeah. Just check with those. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating sort of like correlate all of these people together and just build this image up of the insanity 
that their life must have been. I mean, my God, Joe Orton's flat. Can you imagine being in there when you see photographs of, of him and Kenneth uh, Halliwell within it? And it's just most remarkable place. It's a remarkable time as well. It's a remarkable mm. time, you know, the sort of the way these people you know, the journey that they go on in Williams and Stanley Baker and Peter Nichols, John Schlesinger, who were all together mm. out in um, Ensor or whatever it was called. Um, you know, the journey they've gone on. And then, you know, he sort of straddles all these different periods of theatrical history. He, in the 60s, he's in that position, isn't he? Where he's, it's weird because it's sort of light entertainment and he's in, you know, some serious theatre as well. He's in Schaefer, he's in, uh, you know, St. Joan. Um, well, and- wasn't it the... Was it... He couldn't do the Hancock's half hour that they found recently and Sellers had to step in because he was doing St. Joan. I think it was a press night or something that yeah, the guys which who is, found it concluded. Which is kind of amazing, really, isn't it? That, that you've got that, that breadth. But There's some days he's doing three and four jobs. He, he's like, you mm. know, and what got me was he did he does a lot of jobs at Silk Sound, which is a studio I've done lots of jobs in in Berwick Street, and I was like, I wish I'd known that when I was in there. Oh. Um, so it, that must have been the donkey's years. Um, mm. But he'll be doing, you know, a, a commercial for British Petroleum in the morning. Then he'll go to the Paris to do just a minute. <laughs> then he'll be, you know, going off to the Lyric to direct loot. Yeah, <coughs> it's just like I'd. I don't think there are many people who've had a career like that. I mean, potentially Stephen Fry, maybe. I suppose so. But I think also we are talking about a time, I think post-World War II, there is a lovely time, isn't there, where people are expected and allowed to show their versatility. I well, mean, this is in, what I'm talking about is like 1980, yeah. early 80s, 1981. So, so that does make know, him a rare breed by that and point. And we've got that perception of him that, you know, after the carry-ons, he did nothing. It's not mm. true. No. It's only the last couple of years of his life, and that is because he's saying no to things. Mm. If you, you know, that's my conclusion from the diary, because uh, Peter Eid, his agent, dies in 1979. He was the guy he was with from returning to Britain. Mm. Um, and uh, then he goes with ICM, the big agency. You know, and they kind of, they don't coddle him in the same yeah. way that Peter Eid did. You know, they don't keep on at him to do these jobs. It's just, and, and after a while, they obviously stop fencing jobs toward him because, you know, he's offered like five grand to go to Australia. and No, mm. you know, he has a guy turn up and hand deliver him an invite to Liz Burton's 40th in some castle in Europe. No, into the WPB. Mm. It's just like, wowee, you know. But then he'll go and do something, you know, for next to nothing that's quite, you know, because all we are perception wise of performers is they'll do anything to build the profile mm. and he doesn't well no not That's him integrity. peter cook same sort of people really who just end up going no to the majority of things mm. that are being asked for them it's that integrity in it it is that integrity but i suppose if you're used to that idea that you can pick and choose and you can do just a minute and you can do a bit of theater and you can do this and can do that if the market starts to shrink a little bit around around you and suddenly people don't want you to be showing diversity people suddenly they need you to just just stay in your lane you're funny at that so keep doing that thing yeah. you know you think about well when when sid james is doing hancock's half hour he's doing some brilliant dramas as well he's doing some lovely crime dramas he does quatermass too brilliant actor yeah. as well but also whilst doing hancock's half hour so i think that the idea of of showing that you could diversify is something that he would have benefited from. And I think when a few strands of that are taken away, God, it must have become terribly boring. Very He's got boring. to look after his mum. Yes. Who's falling over all the time and who's, you know... Well, I'm not sure what she's doing. She's certainly uh, dirtying her bedclothes. He doesn't go yes. into too much detail. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's all about cleaning the carpet and, and doing what, all this. What do you make of this idea, then, that Williams's father dying was not entirely accidental so there's a a number of things i've read over the years mm. but apparently he got so because you know how he said he lost he lost his barber's business his hairdressing business because he was far too honest with his customers mm. you know when people had asked i'd like it colored red or whatever what were your skin no nature <laughs> knows best you want to look like a tart and all this 
Um, so apparently that dried up. Uh, he owed the Inland Revenue a lot of money and he became addicted to some bottle of medicine that was 40% opium. That's it, yeah. Um, and so I suppose the, the theory I choose to believe We'll never know. Mm. The one I choose to believe is that his dad just, he just, he'd had enough and he decided to end it all uh, so that Louis, the theory being, uh, would get the insurance money. Mm. And then the money troubles would be over. Yeah. That's the way the line goes. But then other people say that he was implicated in, you know, he deliberately filled the box. I mean, you know, I don't know whose opinion that is. Mm. Sorry, I, I, I mean, I don't know what evidence there is for that. There's certainly nothing in the diaries. No, I mean, the, no. Well, there's no evidence, is there, I suppose? I wouldn't all. think so. I wouldn't think so. It's it's sort of one of those things, he's dead, he can't answer, therefore let's say this, but I, I don't think so. I don't, my conclusion as well, I don't think he committed suicide. I really don't. So is it who, Kenneth or his dad? Kenneth. I think his dad did. Mm. But I don't think, I don't think Williams did. It's, when you look at the autopsy report, uh, the toxicology, and when you, um, read the diary the day of his diary it's it's so unremarkable mm. i think that people read so much into that what's the bloody point you know the last line in there yeah but he wrote shit like that he's writing about suicide from 1948 you know he, he was always on about but he always goes on about his stash his 30 tablets mm. that he put aside well the toxicology was a couple of painkillers um and some barbiturate or some drug that he he'd never taken before that he'd been prescribed and there was an interaction Right. Between this new medicine and the stuff he'd already taken, I kind of prefer that. I, if you read the last page of his diary, hmm. he's, he's, it's it's not dissimilar to the rest. He's going the bank. He's he's doing his regular thing. He is, and a couple of days before, he's talking about some work that's coming up. Yeah. So there were things in place for the future, weren't there? I honestly don't think so. I think the same verdict as Charlie got death by misadventure is. Is probably the the best way of putting it. I don't think he committed suicide. I think that he uh, he sort of fantasized about it in mm. the same way that he fantasized about strong muscular arms to hold him and all the other stuff that he you know mentions quite a lot. But I don't think he did. But I mean, you know, your opinion, my opinion, they're all just opinions. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's it's incredibly sad. His last few years are a tough fucking read. If you reread it, mm. because I I I already know I need to reread it because you just you know if you get lost in the book and you go back a few pages, you're like I don't remember reading that mm. because you're just well I was just like that devouring it. I just couldn't read it fast enough. Oh, I remember going through it quickly when I first got it, and that my copy is so dog-eared because it's just it's yeah. a bit like. I think it's almost like, you know, with that idea that you can just flip open the Bible at any page and it'll tell you something inspirational. It's like the antithesis of that, really, isn't it? If you're ever feeling very upbeat, you can just flip open the diaries and you'll find him slagging someone <laughs> off. And I love that. <laughs> well, and that's down to the editor as well. I mean, we don't know hmm. what's been omitted. Apparently, they're all now in the British Museum, British yes. Library, one of the uh -huh. other. Um, uh, but you still, you can't just have unfettered access to it. Apparently, the guy who wrote Born Brilliant... Um, Stevens, whatever he's called, mm. um, he had access to it. And he also had access to people like Tom and Clive who are constantly in the book. Mm. You know, it's constantly Tom and Clive. We do. And even that friendship dries up. Yeah. Um, he just he just closed doors on people. It's the way it appears to me. He just... <sighs> Look, you know what it's like when you're ill. <laughs> I mean... Well, yes. Know? And when you read that pain he had, it's just like, oh my God. He, it's... A, it's for me, I'm probably too too empathic anyway. But for me, it's just like God. This is tough to read, but I must, I must read, I must mm. read it. And looking after his mum, I mean, that's never good. No, being a cur is never good. So he he just felt he can't leave her on her own because she was putting lit fags in a dressing gown pocket and. And I think that's another reason as to why it's, I've never really subscribed to the idea that he did deliberately kill himself. His mum wasn't dead yet. No, I, I don't see it. Mm. I don't see it. I mean, it, you know, in another universe, maybe he'd have had the operation, been free of pain. Louis pops a clogs in 91. Kenny's only 65 then. Mm. You know, he meets some nice bloke. They, they move out to the country and all's well. But, you, you know, mm. um, 
damn, that would have been nice. But hey, you know, um, it is what it is. And that, unfortunately, is the sad ending. But I would recommend anyone. I mean, this bloody thing's dog-eared already. I've only had it two weeks. Yeah. But God, what a read. Oh, I no, thank absolutely. David for coming in now more. Mm. I don't know why I've never read it. Mm. It's a it's a brilliant read. It's definitely Fantastic. one. I'd, I'd recommend that too, absolutely. This, this reprint, this new, brand new version I've got or whatever, there mm. are a few pages in which the print is a bit, you know, missing. Oh, let's see so the I'm, cover. It's the same cover it's always had, I think. Oh, right, just another, another print run. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, I, I doubt it's ever gone out of print. But mm. um, if anyone listening or watching is going to get it, I would advise just getting a second-hand one. I think it'll probably be a better quality print. Mm. You know. Yeah. But what a book. Wow. Oh, it's a stunning book. Absolutely wonderful. Tough book. Tough book. Yes. Mm. yes. Anyway. So that's what I've been doing instead of masterdoming. Yeah. I've just been masterdoming all day. Mastodon uh, or masterdom? It does sound like a dinosaur, doesn't it? I like that. It does, yeah. That's... Well, it is, isn't it? A mastodon. Have you put well, anything yes. on Mastodon? Uh, no, nothing at all. No. Well, it's a bit like trying to use an old PCW word processor. It's I, I was looking for an app, and there isn't an app. It's just a website. Okay. Which, uh, so that that confused me, naturally. Um, no, I've not put anything on it yet, but I'll give it a shot. Sounds like Discord, from what people are saying. What servers this? and things? Um, the students all use it. Well, the ones who are into games. It's I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just something they write on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a loud man. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So um, yeah, it sounds like that. The servers and things. There are now then, but this person sent me a link and said, "Look, just use this server," and and it worked, which is good yeah. that somebody spotted me being helpless and said, "Oh, just press that." Thank you. That's what I yeah. need more of in this. But it universe. sounds like people are pigeonholed into. So, for example, you wouldn't get, um, you know, probably someone you wouldn't care for anyway. But you wouldn't get Stephen Gerrard, the footballer, on your Mastodon because you're all sort of theatrical types or whatever server you're on. I don't want a footballer on it, thank you. No. Well, you get what I mean. Mm. You get what I mean. Echo chambers aren't good, are they? Yes, they are. <laughs> I disagree heartily. No, they're wonderful things. Decent echo chamber. I don't well, want you're pe- in one. Well, yeah, absolutely. But on the other hand, I mean, would, do you really want to spend your time with people who disagree with you? I think it's healthy to have your opinions challenged. I've had many opinions over the years that have been challenged, and it's just like, fucking hell, I'm wrong. Okay, what if it's something that's factually correct and you're challenged on? Such as? Well, I don't know. If I sort of, like, make a, make a general sweeping statement about Shakespeare and someone goes, eh, didn't write his plays, though, did he? Yeah. That's a yeah, yeah. I know about Shakespeare. That sort of thing. <laughs> that sort of thing. That, that's where I just draw the line, and I'm incapable of discourse at that point because it just has to become. Surely it has to become an attack. Do you remember being sat there when uh, someone we were discussing teaching Shakespeare, uh, and someone made the comment that, uh, "Oh, well, you can just improvise Shakespeare." Yes, I remember that. Hmm. I remember the face. That that sustains me, that face. I would, it was just like, as this person, once they'd left the room, you're still pulling the face. Mm. You know, this derisive hatred face. Yes. And then after they'd left the room, it was like, how dare you? Well, that yes. was dead good. That and was I've just good. remembered who it was as well. Ah, yes. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely oh, not. I told no. that story only the other day. No. Only the other day. It was one of the most fun events ever, that. Dreadful. Or you could just improvise Shakespeare. Oh, like these people go, if you want to learn your lines to Shakespeare, rap them. Well, I could do, but I'm not common. No. Huh? Rap? Rapping uh, Shakespeare? Yes. But very similar linguistically. No, they're not. Billy no, S. No, they are not. MC Billy S. Oh, it's just awful, isn't it, this approach? Just do it properly. You oh, don't have to all. be an arsehole, or not at all. No. It's not difficult. No. Well, annoys me. But then you can just improvise it so it doesn't matter. Well, no, this is the point. It is difficult, and it should be difficult, and that's why not everyone can do it. If everyone could do it, then what would be the point? Yes. You, you, are, you are ripe for Mastodon, aren't you? I think so, yes. It's a kind of elitist place. Well, I like the sound of that, actually. If, yeah. if Apparently, these days, I could just pay $8 and get a blue tick. I wouldn't want one, thank you. Well, then that defeats the object to getting a blue tick. When you say Mastodon, all I see is moss chops. 
I've just realised. Whenever I've seen the word Mastodon, I just see Moss Chops. I loved Moss Chops. Yeah. That was one of my favourite things ever. It made me fall in love with a girl called Rachel um, because her surname was Morris and that sounded a bit like Moss Chops and I thought, oh, well, there's clearly a link here. Absolutely. uh, I love that animal and the way it sort of walked with lifting two legs up either side. It looked a bit peculiar. Yes. Wasn't it purple plasticine? Yes, it was, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Good. Was I it Bernard Cribbins? I'm not sure. I think it was, you know. I'm not sure. I'm checking. <coughs> not my microphone and eagerness to check. Yes. Uh, no, no, it, wonderful. And I think Cosgrove Hall, these little dinosaur things. Yeah, it's Cosgrove Hall for sure. I didn't like the eyes. I remember the eyes. Well, the black beads. Yeah, I didn't Did like them. Did have eyelashes that... When it closed, they had eyelashes, but they didn't. Obviously, they couldn't close over the whole eye. No. So you saw this sort of like beady eye looking out. So they did have the eyes of killers. Right. But uh, I, I'll eat my hat if it's not. Uh... There's a good entry from 1978. Doctor Who gets ever more silly. Yes, I, I remember that one. He loved all creatures, great and small, though. Absolutely. Singling Robert Hardy out for special praise. Oh yes, no, absolutely. Here we are, uh, Moss Chops, Bernard Cribbins, of course. It was there. Bernard you Cribbins. go. Bernie, good old Bernie, who comes out really well in the book. Mm. Who did you just mention then? Um, Which actor? Robert Hardy. Robert Hardy. Robert Hardy, I learnt the other day, was up for the guest starring role that Dennis Lil got in Image of the Fendal. Oh, man. Imagine Robert Hardy having a good shout round a golden wand of anthem. Did he not appear in New Who, Robert Hardy? He seems like someone who would. Seems like the sort of person who would. Yeah. I don't recall it, but I'm not no. very good on the new who's. So I don't think he did. I don't think I know, he did. I know that Stephen Burkoff appears in it very briefly. Yeah, he was meant to be the lead guest actor in an episode, and he came in, and he was a complete arsehole. Um, <laughs> refused to say a lot of his lines, wouldn't take direction off anyone, wouldn't look at the other actors. And then at one point, I think towards the end, was told, okay, we're going to just do a rehearsal, Stephen. So he muttered his way through a rehearsal. And then he said, okay, we'll go for a take. No, that's enough. And wouldn't do it again. So you've got this episode, which has got a little bit of Stephen Burkoff in and makes no sense whatsoever because Burkoff wouldn't record half the material. It's a strange man. I fucking love him. Oh, I sort of do, but... Ah, uh, yeah. I'll just, I'll just never forget the tale of the time when he was in the theatre in Liverpool. Uh, at the everyman doing his heroes and villains thing and a poor woman at the front in the front just went <coughs> and he went over and went if you want to cough fuck off and do it out there so, brilliant whoo! good god brilliant well I, that um nicole williamson anecdote out of the diaries i sent to you the other day <laughs> <coughs> wasn't it in the middle of hamlet i was it macbeth it was macbeth it was his yeah. macbeth oh what was it again <laughs> oh, it's it's the excusing the fact that he can't go on, isn't it? Yeah. And then he just concludes with, "In any way, I'm fucked." And, and walks off walks stage. Off. Just wonderful, superb, oh, superb. Nicole. You'd be happy to have seen that, wouldn't you? You would absolutely. You would like like if you could have been there when O'Toole did Macbeth. And he would ha- he had a special little shower installed in the wings of the theatre, so he could run off to do the murder of Duncan, and they'd literally shower him in buckets of blood, and he'd come on, soaked through, dripping blood everywhere, and apparently it's just far too much blood, and the audience were on the verge of hysteria as you've got O'Toole shambling about, just leaving wet patches everywhere. Oh, I'd have loved to have seen that. Oh that- man. Oh, that would have been magnificent. In the Ken Diaries, of course, he's had about farting on stage. <laughs> you know? Yes. It, it's like really loudly and them really stinking. Mm. And people in the cast shouting, Poo! <laughs> you know, with the audience there. Yes. <laughs> brilliant. Fucking brilliant. Uh, a fabulous chap. Ah, oh, love him. Love him. Anyway. Absolutely love him. Anyway, listen, we should go to a break at this point because I've got to take my beef out. Yes, you've got to sear your meat. Yeah, not a euphemism. But no. uh but uh but there's plenty of nice things to talk about after the break, isn't Indeed there? Indeed there are. You've got nice things, and there's some Indeed. good news for people who like bad television as well. Oh god, not half. Okay <laughs> then. Um right, well, you go and uh Remove your meat. I shall. Um, and uh, we shall see you after the break. 
Take home a Gino Ginelli ice cream or piazza Italia Toffee fudge and chocolate Mint chuck cheap Tutti frutti what a cutie Take a Gino home with you Gino Ginelli the ice cream sensation Gino oh Gino Ginelli the way to the back. Yes, well it would, wouldn't it? It would. It runs, it dribbles. It dribbles oh, down, you see, the fat. Everywhere, yeah. Especially when it's hot. Oh God, yeah. Well this did. I should have put it on a little, um, what are they called? You know, the in part of the grill pan. Tray. You know, the, yeah, but it's not a tray, is it? A tray, I think, of being sort of a smooth surface. The, oven the, tray. No, Drip not an oven tray. tray. No, right, so you've got a grill pan. Yeah. It's a book. Okay, three syllables. Right, grill pan, and then you put the thing on top of it. What's that bit? Oh, that's the grill, isn't it? Yes. Right. Okay, that's the grill part of the grill pan. I should that's have right. put it. I should have put it on a grill pan. It, on on a grill. Yes. In the thing. Yes. To collect the fat. Which I didn't do. No. I mean, you could have one of those uh, modern. You probably have a self-cleaning oven that doesn't clean itself. Doesn't do anything. It's also no. a liar, my oven. I bought a fan-assisted oven, but you have to whack it onto the top temperature for it to work. Not Ooh, happy with it. No, no, or, no, no, Or I didn't read the thing properly. Probably not. Probably quite, not. Quite possible. It's probably an EU ruling, so it uses less lecky. Oh, I approve them. Right, there you go. You can put that on Mastodon. There we are. I shall pop that on later. So, um, nice thing. Yes. So, well, I, I've only got one nice little thing. Shall I go first? Go on, then. And it's not nice either. Um, the other day, the trains weren't running correctly for a change, so I popped into the sex shop. Oh, I. It'll never At get more funny. Fields. Yeah, it'll never get funny though, will it? I mean, the amount of times that they go, "Well, where did you get that sex?" Uh, well done. No. Is that meant to be funny? <coughs> um, so, can I invite you to maybe join me to watch? I can barely read it. Um, read Diamond, Clark, Greg, and Franz Kranz. In a production of Much Ado About Nothing. Why now did then. you buy this? Right, okay. Now, let me explain. Something went wrong mm. here. I didn't have much time, first mm. of all. Didn't have an awful lot of time. So, well, just to nip in and just see what there is and not buy anything. Just look yeah. around it and not buy anything to spite them. Um, but Kenneth Branagh did a version of Measure for Measure that he did with a sort of a fairly Hollywood-looking sleeve, as I recall. So I saw this, my brain got confused, and oh, that's it, then, and bought it. Now, it was only £1.50, uh, and it's directed by the man who directed uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And mm. and they make quite a Whedon. thing. That's it, somebody Whedon. Bert Whedon. Yeah, that's him. Um, Plain a day. Yeah, and, they, and as they've said here, it's using the original text. Good. Well, yeah. Do you want a round of applause for that? Yeah, well, so I haven't have watched this. <clears throat> well, they could have, yeah. I haven't watched it. Probably won't. Um, £1.50. That was mine. Do you know what the title means? Go on. Nothing is a euphemism to the Elizabethans. It means vagina. The actual play is about not, uh, much ado about vaginas. And when you think of what the play is about, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Go on. Expatiate. Well, I can't really. It's just been polite society. If you were to point between a lady's legs, you'd say, what's that? And she'd say, nothing. So her mm. bits became known as a nothing. That's That could be my epitaph. What <laughs> you do about nothing. <laughs> I tell you. Um, yes. <clears throat> anyway, yes, that was, yes. that was my nice thing, and it wasn't nice at all as I wait for things to turn up from certain Ooh, what companies. what are you waiting for? Oh, I'm waiting on... Oh. Yeah, Bending the Willow, Dr. Finley's casebook. At some point, I'm sure they'll arrive. Ah, well, you see, this is the folly of buying these things. Oh, I know. Want them now. Want them now, and of course, the problem is with Amazon. I'm used to getting them now. So, yes. I want the vinyl of the sensor rights. When can I have it? Tomorrow. Ooh, yes. Good. Thank not you. That you. Not that you should want the vinyl of the sensor rights. Do, though. Yeah. Might have to have it. I like their feet. I like their feet and the fact that they fall over them a lot. Yeah, that's good. They look like suckers, don't <laughs> they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Peter Glaze is one of them. 
Peter Glaze. <laughs> what more could you want? Exactly. Love the wonderful Peter, Peter Glaze. Golden oh, years. Oh, wonderful. God, my back's it. hurting, so I'm sitting like this. It's, it's all, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's all this much ado about nothing. It's uh, it's breaking news back. though for you there. Okay. Come on. No, Come on. well, no, just that, isn't it? We've got the breaking news of your bad back. What have you got then? Well, we're, coming up, it, we're coming up to a special day. We are coming up to a special day, aren't we? Jesus mm. Christ. Um, so this week I had early an early sort of uh, birthday meal mm. with um, some fans of the show and some good friends, yes. which is nice to know. And they bought me lots of nice things. Um, mm. So I think it would be churlish of me not to publicly thank them for their kindness. So uh, from uh, Flora mm. uh, and her chap, yeah. Um, which which quite upset um, Mr. Raider because it came in uh, this TARDIS oh. Doctor Who themed paper, which has got my name on it. Oh. Um, um, was you seen this latest Vogue for painting on book pages? I have actually. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So this is a dictionary page uh, from uh, Mum to Mesmer, not from Mum to Munificent, I think it is. Mm. And that's a lovely uh, Dalek. As you can yeah. see, a bit of mixed livery going on there. It looks like a new series gold with uh, the original blue and steel one, mm. uh, which I, I think is rather lovely. And that's going to sit here. Mm -hmm. Then from um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Jason, mm -hmm. I can't think of his surname. God, Urs. my brain is, is terrible today. Jason Urs. Jason Urs, thank yes, you. I'll have to snip are. that out. I do apologise, Jason. I'm an old man, you know, otherwise you wouldn't be giving me things. Uh, a lovely, and you'll appreciate this from, uh, I'll, well, I'll just show it to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Oh, indeed. I do appreciate um, that. A Wurzel Gummidge cup of tea and a stasic. <laughs> which I may take along to the next one. I think you should. Um, the The... The ever glorious Simon got me the oh. Children of the Stones vinyl. Well, there you go. I mean, oh, it's you beautiful know, that I've, vinyl. I've, I've only just sort of got home, really. Um, but I will be listening to that and framing the. Have you framed yours yet? Oh, chap's not being round yet. But when he's round, round, when he's round, that's going up next to the Father, dear Father quad poster. I think. Ah, and the oh, lacest poster of the Talons of Wen Chiang. Yeah. Well, that would be a wall to be marvelled at. I'd just I sit there. Yes. Smoke hashish or pipe of poppy. Yeah. Maybe more fitting. <laughs> yes. And look at that. And then uh, Mr. Raider really pulled the cork out Ooh, yeah. um, and completed the Buster collection. Oh. With the Buster Book 63, which has got that marvellous sort of oh. 60s cover with the uh, the rocket to the moon. That's um, lovely. I don't know where he got it. I've no idea where he got it. Um, and we can't even say it was inspired by Doctor Who because it would have been printed in 62. Um, That's a so good nick, isn't it? It's That's... a very good nick. Um, I don't know where he found this. Oh. I've looked and looked. Oh, it's got that proper smell to it as well. Mm. Mm. I don't know where he found it. Thank you all, you lovely people. No, that's uh, lovely. Yeah, and lovely. my great apologies, Jason, for forgetting your surname. I, I'm, yeah. I'm so tired, you know. Yes. Next um, time I shall endeavour to make it down there, but one of us had to hold the thought, apparently. Well, I, I can't even hold a surname in my head. Never mind a thought. No. Um, <laughs> but um, you did very well. Thank you. Yes, I'm sure it was worth it. No, it wasn't. No. Not not meeting your fans. I like not meeting people who like this show. It makes my day. Mm, I bet it does, dear. Uh, Everyone uh, sent hugs. No, oh, that's nice then. If that helps. That. Yes. Anyway, good news though, and you'll be delighted about this. Right, go on. You ready? Go on. So only only a couple of months after the stupidest decision in television for the last decade or so, and that's saying an awful lot, which was to take Neighbours off her. Neighbours is coming back. No. Neighbours is coming back. <sighs> Neighbours is coming back to Amazon. About, oh, I've always, no. I've always been a fan of the streaming services, as you know. Oh, um, yes, yes, And yes. Uh, Amazon Prime Video has my vote now. So uh, Neighbours will be coming back next year um, to Amazon, who are also buying the complete back catalogue. I think it's about 9,500 episodes. Um, Dreadful. So you'll be able to watch all of those and then brand new episodes. That's exciting, isn't it? That's good. No. Why is it not? not. Why is that not good? It was shit. It's uh, not. 
it was shit when it started. It continued to be shit. No. Nope. Um, gave us some great actors. Yes. Propelled them to the stage. Yes. Uh, I think, is it Guy Pierce? Guy Pierce. He's fantastic. He's wonderful. Uh, the fellow um, who played the dad. Jim Robinson, <laughs> Alan Dale. Alan Dale. Uh, yes. He looked like the fellow out of EastEnders who became an MP. Michael Cashman. Yes, very similar looking chap. No, they are actually, aren't they? Does Mr. Cashman act anymore or is he still an MP? I don't think he does, no. It's a shame that I'd rather like to, you know, remake The Sandbaggers because he was in that for a while. But right. one of The Sandbaggers is no longer with us. Ray Lonnan's gone. I love Ray Lonnan. He's got that perfect 70s voice. Oh, He's always yes. advertising shaving products. But, um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm delighted. I didn't watch it when it was on for the last 25 years, obviously. But I think it's important that it's there. And I'm delighted it's going to come back with Amazon's money behind it. Oh, that's that's made my day. Oh, it was shit after Myra de Groot died. Oh, oh, I like Myra de Groot. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. Wasn't she Mrs. Mangle's sister? No, she was Des Clark's mum, Myra Des de Clark? Groot. Who was Des that? Clark was, Des Clark was uh, a bank manager, and then on his hen night, he had a stripper who came along called Daphne, and then he didn't get married, and he fell in love with Daphne, and they had a baby, and then she died in a car crash, and Myra de Groot was his mum. Ah, oh, I see. There she we moved go. to Brisbane when she died in real life, didn't she? Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. I remember that she died in real that. life but was still on telly here for about a year and I found that yeah, quite Yeah, well, we were always behind. We caught up in the end, didn't we? We did. We um, we always used to... What did we do? They always had a two weeks off for Christmas, so eventually right. we caught up. Yeah. Um, but yes, we, we got there in the end. 18 months behind originally. Was, uh, what was his name? Harold Shipman. No, Harold... Bishop. Bishop. Yeah, Ian Smith. Don't be silly. Yeah. Is he still in it? Uh, he came back. He was a recurring character. He's about 84 now. So yeah, he must be. Must be a bit knackered. I mean, he was on Prisoner Cell Block H, for God's sake. So he's done his He's done his time. And what about Mrs. Mangle, who was in The Sullivans? Vivian Grey, I yes. believe, who was, in fact, British. No, she, um, she moved back to Britain after being in Neighbours... And lived on the south coast and died there, I don't know, five, oh, six okay. years ago. Well, she must have been cracking on, though. Oh, yeah, she was. She absolutely <clears throat> was. She was Who terrifying. Who was she in the Sullivan, old, Sullivan's, then? You'll know this. Mrs. Um, Mrs. Jessup. I knew it was had a Jess in it. Yeah. I'm glad I remembered part of it. Can't remember Jason's surname, but I remembered yes. the Jess bit of Jessup. Yeah, I love Mrs. Jessup. Terrifying woman. Oh. Her husband wasn't in it, though, was he? No. And nor was he in Neighbours. Huh? He wasn't in Neighbours either. There wasn't a Mr. Mangle in Neighbours, I don't recall. Um, I do recall him being shouted at once. There was a, a desperate need to create a storyline, and from outside the house, two people heard her shouting, I could kill you, Len Mangle, and then he vanished. And they thought, oh, maybe he's, maybe she's killed him. But the thing is, he'd never been in it. You'd never seen him in the programme, so it didn't feel like much of a storyline, unlike when they accused the Vietnamese family of eating Bounce of the Dog, which was spot on. That was well. Remarkable. There you go. Man, Lengel's gone. Um, <laughs> I've, I, I hate neighbours. I think it's such shit. <sighs> it's absolute shit. And you haven't watched it in twenty five years, so you concur? No, no, I don't. I, I <laughs> tune in for the occasional special one, like if they they did a Halloween week, which where they just basically made a zombie film over five nights with zombies. Ridiculous. Terrible. Just no, terrible. Not terrible. That's that's magnificent. That's breaking the mould. That's what that's doing. No. It's really pushing the envelope. Neighbours no, makes me feel sick. Horrible. No, it, why? Why? Because it's shit. Anything it's, shit makes you feel sick. It's not shit. It's beautifully created television. In the mould of the old British soap opera, That because it was created by a chap from ATV. So but they broke. You said they broke the mould. They broke them all when they made Neighbours, and nobody should try and do it again. Absolutely, including our own soaps, which need to stop pretending that they're like that. Just go back to two a week. You can't do it. Well, then it. Amazon need to stop doing it as well, and they've not even started. No, no, because no, you know what Amazon will do now? What they'll do is they'll get a cast of about 20 of people who were in it recently and people from the last 30 years, and they'll do it as a 10-episode series. And then it'll come back every, every year for another 10 episodes. All high budget, which I approve of. Oh, God, it's awful. It's not awful. It's fucking awful. It's not awful. That's awful. Home and Away is awful. Sons that's and awful. Daughters is awful. No, I disagree with that one. Counter the Practice was awful. That's awful. Yeah, yeah, they're all awful. Shortland Street, I bet you like that. No, I didn't like that. It was that New Zealand. Didn't approve of that. No, it was. Know. And I thought, well, they're too small to be making television. That doesn't make any sense. Well, because they made Lord you... of the Rings. 
Right. See the. Th- you see my point then. Absolutely god awful rubbish. That that well, film. You must like heavenly creatures. Yes, that's excellent. Well, there you there's, go. There's no logic here to try and apply. <laughs> Ultimately, Heavenly Creatures is one of the best debuts I've ever seen from a director going into the mainstream. Right. And the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit was said director shatting on his own work. Awful. Just nine hours of gnomes wandering around because they've got a ring. Not interested. Made him lots of money. Well, so do many things which are inherently wrong. I think you would swap with Peter Jackson. No. Yes, you would. No, I wouldn't. Don't yes, want you to. Would. No, Being I a wouldn't. billionaire, hmm. houses all over the world. Well, I like that bit. Yeah. You could buy the rights to Crossroads. <sighs> you see, it's very attractive, dear. It is, but he hasn't bought the rights to Crossroads, so he's not oh, using his money for good things. But if you were him, I'd do it. You'd do it. I'd do you it. put out ten a year, big budget. Mm. Bring Adam Chance back. Yes. Adam Chance would be brilliant. And he could go completely bunko, couldn't he, Adam Chance? He he did that at the end. Did he? I always thought he had that sort of... Tony Adams had that that thing about him where he could go bunko. I think in the end he ended up being some sort of a vicar-type character and then he set fire to a church with himself inside. I mean, that's how you want to go. And that that was was the end of Crossroads. No, no, then it kept going for a bit longer and then they decided it would all be in a dream and they did a flashback sequence of some sort. Uh, I know. I've often wondered about that. Was that hackneyed? Was that, you know, really overused even in 1912? Was it when Box of Delights was written? Oh, was it 1932? I know it had a two in it. Um, you know, was was that it was all a dream ending really, you know, worn out then? Or was that the first time it was used? Well, no, I mean, because Midsummer Night's Dream ends <coughs> with the old, you know, if we shadows have offended, think on this or that and all is mended. And basically says to the audience, just a dream, forget it. You know, mm. so so they. But that's got dream that. in the title. It's not like you know the end where the rugs pulled from under you. Because I've I've shown people about the box of delights, mm. um, been like hooray, 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 and then there was one time when someone re- reacted quite violently, really, with the it was all a dream ending. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, they did not like it, and that I... put a twist on it that I'd uh, hitherto not suspected really I never thought of it as a a cop out I don't think of it as being a cop out I think that it's an unusual ending isn't it It, but it does seem to it swings things back full circle because at the end he sees the two vicars who'd been on the train in the first place and doesn't he see Patrick Troughton right at the end well he sees a few of the characters yeah so I mean I'm not sure that's the book though ah right okay I I don't know I don't know I've not read it in years. I've got this. You see, there are three books. People think there are just the Midnight Folk and the Box of Delights, mm. but there's one called Sard Harker. Yes, which which um, tells the Harker story family. That's why the house is called Sea Kings mm. because they're all sort of adventurers and buccaneers. The Harker no, family. right? No, I've not read that one. But he's based on a real character, well, a real sort of guy in folklore, isn't he? Cole Harlins, mm. the guy that he's reincarnated from, whose name escapes me at the moment. Yes, he is. That's actually uh, a sort of mythical <coughs> character in English folklore, isn't he? The alchemist. Mm, that's right. So, no, I don't think it's a cop-out. I, I don't think so, because there's enough there to suggest that it wasn't a dream, really. And it could all happen again. Yeah, that's the way I always take it. That's that's what I like to think. And I think that, I, can't, I don't know if it's in the book or not, but maybe that's just Rennie Rye, you know, going, oh, but look, he's there and they're there and yeah. that person's there. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't, but oh, we are just at that point, aren't we, where the Box of Delights needs to be unveiled. Very, very, very close, yeah. And oh. potentially, I seem to remember it chiming with my birthday, so it might be next week that we begin. We That'd begin be, with the box. That, that will be six weeks to go. Yeah, because my birthday is six weeks from Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, it might be this week. I don't know. I don't know. Someone cleverer than me can get the calendar out. Well, we've got to end do on Christmas one Eve. just to make sure. It's got to end on Christmas Eve. That would be 24th back to the 17th, to the 10th, to the 3rd, uh, to the 26th, yeah. uh, to the 19th, to the 13th of November. It's, it's, uh, the 20th to, it's the 20th today. Oh, well, you should have started, love. Oh, blimey. Better yes, do a couple of eps. Yes. Yes, you'll have to do two to get yourself up to speed. So it, it sounds like it falls on a Saturday this year then. 
It's Christmas Eve or Saturday. Yes, it is. Yes. So there you go. no, so should have done. Should have done episode two yesterday. Ah, uh, oh, I'll do two tonight. Oh, bollocks! I've seen it. Yes. Yes, you so, can put the uh, record on and just be in it instead. Uh, I didn't know Robert S- uh, Stevens was married to pa- uh, Maggie Smith until I read it in the KW Diaries. It was he married to Maggie Smith, and then he got married to Patricia Quinn. Yeah, in, in the film. Box of yeah, Delights, yeah. Box of Delights, yeah. I didn't know he'd been married to Maggie Smith. No, no I think it's Maggie Smith. Bit of info slipped out my brain somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Maggie Smith. I don't know. Mm. Can't even remember Jason's surname, can I? Yeah. Uh, I'm so tired. It's been a it's week of travelling. I don't like travelling. No, you've done an awful lot of travelling about I have. I don't like it. I, you know, mm. I grew up in a place where everything was a minute's walk away. Yes. I do wonder if your world view and your parameters within it are based largely upon your upbringing and how, you know, much you travelled and stuff like that. You know, people who are always going on holidays every year, I think they're uh, much less anxious about the world than I am about adventuring into it. Well, maybe, although I don't know, because, I mean, I love doing the old, you know, foreign exploration mm. and uh, strong arm and going and sorting out Dubrovnik mm. and places like that. But on the other hand... Outside of this village, I don't know where I am. I mean, right now, if you were to say, oh, go go to this place, I couldn't get there. I wouldn't have no. a clue. I don't know where anything is. No. I know I the confines of the village, and I know where the train station is, and I don't see why I need to know anything else. No. And, you don't... I, and I was in a cab the other day, coming back from somewhere, coming into the village, and the man said, which is the quickest route? I don't know. I have no clue. I don't know where all these roads go. <laughs> no, you just know your sort of little rat run. That's that it. I, I, suddenly, there's the pe- there's the old pony and track cart. Go yeah. down there, and we're in the village. Well, Sherlock Holmes always says of Mycroft, he runs on rails mm. from his uh, from his rooms to the Diogenes Club. Mm. You know, to the Houses of uh, Parliament, and uh, he doesn't stray much beyond that. No, I don't no. see the need to particularly. No, no, I don't. I, I don't particularly like travelling, but then, you know, you run the risk of becoming uh, Anthony Sher in J.G. Ballard's home. Yes. Don't you otherwise? You've got to get out, boy. You've got to get out. You do. I don't you like do. it, but I have to. No, absolutely. I, I know I have to. Yeah. It's a shame, but there it is. <coughs> Anything that's counterintuitive, one must do. Absolutely. Well, mm. sometimes. Mm. Not yeah. often. Just sometimes. Little and often. Little and often. Yes, five With days everything. a week in your case. Absolutely, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what fun have you got in store for the coming week, dear boy? Over the coming week, I imagine I'll be waiting at the letterbox to see if my copy of Bending the Willow arrives, and then ooh, might send an email about that then. Shan't, though, because that'd be rude. Um, yes. I've got two copies of Bending the Willow. No. Yes. Where are mm. they? The. The. Yes. The. Uh... Oh. Hey! Oh, it's all got a bit exciting over it's there. It's all got a bit exciting, hasn't it? Well, there you there go. Are. It's well, like well, watching well. Death Two. It is. There we go. <laughs> there you go. So the. Yes. Uh, this is the one you're waiting for, isn't it? The. The new one. Hmm. That's it. That's the one you're waiting on. That's what I'm And this is the original for. Calabash Press one. Oh, that's yeah, nice. So it's probably worth nothing now. Yeah. Right, let's put them back up there. That's it. Oh, God, that's an exciting note to end on. That is, yeah. What about Crash you? Have you got anything on. exciting for this week? Well, apart from getting old, no. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Um, but, uh, you know, I never thought I'd live to be 32, Paul. No. No. Uh, no. No. We're Didn't aging very well. Far. According, yes. to our, according to some of our students, you're aging extremely well. Rude. The trouble with my family is we look 40 from the time we're six. Mm. You know, so... That's quite handy. That's quite handy. Um, but who knows? Maybe it'll be the old Dorian Gray routine. Maybe. You know. Um, but yes, so that really. Uh, got some of that. Yeah. Got more work, thanks mm. to you. Yes, pleasure. Cheers, moving the che- pieces on the chessboard. In your uh, gown. Yes. As I can imagine. Oh, absolutely. Hunched over it. Who should we play today? A bit of Gregorian chant on in the background. A little bit of that. I've got the candles ready to light in a moment. You know, get the the chant going. Yes. That's it. That's you. Um, How about you then? Just more of the same. More of the same, Ducky. Um, I'm making some nice progress on some writing. You can have that this week. 
That would be nice. We need Ooh, to get on with that. I like that. We That's need to get nice. on with that. But and there should um, be a special announcement in the next week or so. Well, there will be. Yes. Um, but uh, no, that's about it. Yeah, just that, really. That yes. and basically surviving. Yes, well, one must. One, one must. must. One must. Well, then, we hope everyone at home, we hope you all have a lovely week and enjoy mm-hmm. doing whatever you're doing. And until the next time. Goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs> Presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production. (laughs) 